It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of the show on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. And on the Raiders mobile app, we want to welcome Ihole, our new tequila partner to the show. Thrilled about that. They helped us get the Pete Rose interview yesterday. Ihole, when you see a goal scored, just yell it with the Golden Knights. They are based in Tequila, Mexico. How cool is that? Recognized as the birthplace of tequila. Ihole is smooth and easy to drink straight on the rocks or in your favorite cocktail. Ihole, proud new sponsor of our show, and we welcome him to Raider Nation Radio. Okay, so a couple of cool things that are happening. There's a lot of NFL news. We're building towards the draft. We'll have some unique draft programming that Lotus is doing in cooperation with the Raiders here in the next couple of weeks. A lot of Raider legends will be involved. Players will be involved. We'll have more to tell you here in the coming weeks. Adam Schefter just reported two minutes ago. For the second straight year, the 2021 NFL schedule will be released after the draft per source. Not that there was much of a question about it, but it's official now. Draft, then schedule. Which, to me, one of my favorite shows I do every year is the schedule release. I just love it. Because what it does, and you know, all the guys who are diehard and and gals who travel with the Raiders. This is an army of fans who travel. What you got to do when the schedule comes out is you have to quickly, quickly make moves with hotel rooms, quickly make moves on airline flights, and find a way to get tickets. You know, you talk to Gorilla Rilla and all these diehard fans from the black hole. They know how to do it. They're experts on it. They have contacts in those cities. They got season ticket holders in other markets to get them tickets. It's really elaborate and cool. I look at it for when's the bye week to take a week off, what games I want to go to. Over the years, I've been able to get on the plane and travel with the team. Don't know what protocol is going to be like this year as we're still in a pandemic. And then there's going to be a lot of fans around the country that pick Las Vegas as their road game. That's the key to the schedule release, that if you have tickets and you're a PSL holder, you have your tickets. The other people don't, and we're sold out. Every ticket is sold. So when you see those fans – and they're coming in from these other markets, they're going to want to get in at all cost. And they're going to want hotel rooms, and they're going to be coming back to Vegas, and it's going to be insanity. So Adam Schefter reported that will happen right after the draft. So the draft into schedule release. It's going to be a really busy time. Remember, the Raiders get an extra home game this year because we have an 18-week schedule with 17 games. The extra game will be the Chicago Bears at home. A lot of people in Chicago want to come out to that game, depending on where that will be on the schedule. It was great today on MLB Network Television to see a portion of our Pete Rose content from yesterday as that went viral, and I talked about it last night. So I wanted to get into that again because Pete Rose joined us yesterday on his 80th birthday, the all-time hit king, in one of the more in-depth conversations I've ever had in my career about baseball, life, business, part one of Pete Rose yesterday. What an exciting day today. It's my honor to welcome in the all-time hit king on his birthday with a big announcement, my friend, the great Pete Rose. Pete, happy birthday. Thanks for doing this. How are you, my friend? 
Rick, it's always a pleasure being on your show. Uh, I enjoy listening to you simply because you have the knowledge, you have the delivery, and you don't you don't bull crap around. You get right to the point, which is really good these days for a reporter or someone that's doing interviews. I appreciate being on your show. Uh, you know, we work together. We know each other. Uh, we trust each other. Uh, and, and that's why we'll have a good interview today. Absolutely. You know, I think the world to you. You gave me one of the biggest breaks in my career. But before we get into baseball, tell me about your birthday, your family, your loved ones, this milestone. How you feeling? Well, I'm over in L.A., and, uh, of course, I did dinner last night, and I'm doing dinner tonight, and then I'll drive back to Vegas, where I live, uh, over there behind Aria. And uh, it's just another day, Jay, because my family spread out. My daughter's in Seattle. My son and daughter are in Cincinnati, uh, and my other son is uh, in Vegas So, uh, with his two boys. Uh, so, you know, I don't get to see the family as much as I'd like to, but uh, every time I get the opportunity, uh, I see my kids or my grandkids. Pete Rose joins us. So I'm thinking of you last night. I'm on the air, and there's a doubleheader with the Mets and the Phillies. It's a seven-inning uh-huh. doubleheader, seven innings. So one game ends in the seventh inning. The other game ends in the eighth inning. When those games are over, I turn on the Giant game. That game's in the ninth inning. Pete, how are fans supposed to understand when they're switching channels like you do, an unbelievable fan, what inning the game is if it's a doubleheader or seven innings? I think this is insanity for the fans to keep track I, of. I, I agree with you, Brick. I mean, uh you know, I'm the biggest baseball fan there is, uh, but I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you'll agree with me or disagree with me. Baseball is tough to watch today. Uh, you know, I don't know who put that out that the, they took the juice out of the ball. I'll guarantee you, we can't count last year because of the pandemic, but I'll guarantee you, April 14, 2021, uh, is about, doesn't have more home runs or will have more home runs than April 14, 2019. I mean, I watch baseball, as you do, and I'm so sick and tired of every game uh, being three or four home runs hit. And now, what, Acumia? Acumia? Is that how you say it from mm-hmm. Atlanta? What, he hit one 485 feet the other night? Yeah, and the he did. He... Not, and the ball's not used? Come on. Why, why do they keep uh, you know, giving us that baloney uh, as fans? I'm just a fan just like you are. But uh, baseball is ridiculous. I mean, just... Uh, if you don't hit home runs, you don't win. It, it's it's just amazing how many guys aren't worried about getting hits. They aren't worried about a batting average. They aren't worried about getting two out singles with a man on second or a man on third. All they worry about is hitting home runs. And I'll tell you why. Because the owners have convinced the players that if you hit 20 to 30 home runs, you're going to make $15 million a year or more. And they're willing to give up batting averages, RBI opportunities, Things like that to hit home runs to make more money. It seems like there's only a handful of teams, Brick. I don't know how you feel about this. They really give a damn about winning. Yeah, Pete, it happens in the NBA, too. But I'll tell you, I was thinking of you, too, the other day. I was going to text you, Aaron Boone, and obviously your connection to the Boone family from Cincinnati. He has to have a press conference because he said Aaron Judge, who had a couple of homers today, he had some soreness on the side after five games because of all the at-bats he took. And I said, oh, my God, they're putting this manager in a position where he's got to talk to the media about Judge, who, by the way, wants three to $400 million in the number one media market. And they had to shut him down after five games, Pete. 
that's that's why the Yankees are going to struggle. The Yankees got great personnel, okay? But it seems like every year, Judge and Stanton will play 130 to 135 games. The schedule is 162 games, okay? Can you imagine me missing a game because I have a sore ankle? I wouldn't miss a game if I had a broken ankle and I'm in a cast. But, uh, I mean, these we'll never get to this, uh, Brick, but if you, if you walk in your clubhouse and there's a sign on the wall that says, if you play today, you get paid. These players would never take days off. They would never take days off, and they would get mad at the manager if he, if he ever took them out of the lineup because they don't have to play. They're signing all these multi-year – and I'm not opposed to players making millions of dollars because you're as good as you can negotiate, okay? But it, you owe it to your fans to go out there and play every day, whether you have a headache or whether you have the flu or whatever. Unless you can't play the game, then you don't play. But you can't miss game after game because you got a sore back or you got a sore shoulder or you got a sore ankle. I mean, what is what is what is baseball coming to? I thought these guys were tough, I mean, but but there's just not enough enough tough players out there today. And there's a lot of bad teams, as you know. And I and I'm not I'm not criticizing baseball now on your show, okay? Mm-hmm. But you know and I know there's more bad teams than there are good teams. We could count. We could count the good teams on one hand, or maybe two at the most. And there's 30 teams in baseball, so that means there's 20 bad teams. Think about it, Jay. I mean, you know who all the bad teams are. I mean, it's just amazing that even the bad teams have high salaries. And, hey, and what the donors don't understand, uh, you know, why why does uh, uh, Chicago fill up every day? Okay, why does why don't Cincinnati fill up every day? Why don't Pittsburgh fill up every day? Uh, why do Yankees fill up every day? Why do the Cubs fill up every day? They do it right, but there's too many teams that do it wrong. You have to give the fans a reason to come to the ballpark, and once they get there, you got to get them, uh, give them a reason to keep coming back. You know what's, what's the sense of playing baseball if you got eight thousand people at the game? Well, I know now because the pandemic, but. If, if if some teams got forty forty five thousand, then this team's got eight or ten thousand. They're not doing a good job. They're not selling their players. You have to have fans. You have to have fans, and the ratings in baseball are going down. They're not going up. You know, the World Series last year was one of the lowest rated World Series ever. Okay, why is that? Because I I don't think that the lords of baseball, if you want to call them that. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They put a man on second in the next year inning game. What's that all about? I mean, yeah, I wanted, you, to, I wanted, to, I wanted to lead you right into that. Could you imagine Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, Johnny Bench, George Foster making the last out of an inning? Sparky saying, "Go out to second base. Go out to second base. You're the lead runner." And this is where I couldn't wait to ask you because, okay, we got to deal with this. We both don't like it. But I'm watching a game early with the Yankees, and you don't bunt the runner over. There's a man on second, extra innings. You're the home team. The road team didn't get a run. You win the game with a base hit. Do you bunt the runner over to third, Pete, and win on a sacrifice fly? What's the philosophy? I don't know what the philosophy is because uh, a guy you're going to send a guy up there to try to make an out to get the guy to the third. So make an out and bunt him the third. And then the infield comes in, and you got so many different ways to score a run. 
They just won't bunt him over. You don't see many teams. I guess uh, Philadelphia does because of Girardi. But there's not there's not that many teams that sacrifice today. The sacrifice bunt. What happened to the sacrifice bunt? What happened to the hit and run? You know, Philadelphia is the only team that hits and runs. I mean, I I just don't get it. But uh, what these men are, are they scared to ask a player to bunt them over because he can't get the headlines of getting a base hit or hitting a home run? You know, and I know, and the players ought to know, and the managers ought to know. You got more ways to score with a man on third and one out, okay, than a man on second, no outs. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just common sense. You, you got to have belief in the hitter is coming up. Uh, well, what are you going to say? They're going to put the next two on and have the bases loaded. Good. Then you can score. Then you can score three or four runs in the inning. Or, or how about breaking up a double play? How about sliding into a catcher? How about slide, uh, pitching inside as a pitcher? You can't pitch inside once you get worn. That takes the inside pitch away from you. The rules, I don't know who's changing these rules in baseball, but 1869 when baseball started, it was a pretty good game. And now they start changing. They they sit in New York and and figure out a way to change another rule for next year. Is that Joe Torrey? Who is at this head of the rules committee? Yeah, and on top of it, Rob Manford's approving all of this. Pete Rose joins us on his birthday, the all-time hit king. Hey, Pete, on a positive note, because you're so positive about baseball, I compare Mike Trout to you all the time. I'm out west. You're in L.A. We're both in Vegas. Most of the country doesn't see Trout. The games start at 1030 Eastern. It's midnight. Next thing you know, Mike Trout's got two more at-bats. He plays as hard as you played. He's putting up numbers that will compare with you and the all-time greats, and they don't market him. We don't talk enough about him unless he has a two-home run game and a couple of doubles. Well, that's that's the disadvantage of playing uh, on the West Coast. Uh, The only thing I don't like about Trout, uh, JT, and you'll understand this, you know, when you're a good player like him, and he's one of the – who's the best player in baseball, him or Betts? Mookie Betts is pretty good. Okay, yeah. but the difference in Mookie Betts and, and and Mike Trout is Mookie Betts' team gets to the playoffs, gets to the World Series. Anaheim never seems to get to the next step. And when you got a player as good as Trout, he's got some Rondones on that team, Pulos is on that team. I mean, he's got some good players on that team. Otami uh, is on that team. So he's got some pretty good players but he just can't lead him to the promised land. I don't understand that. Uh, you know, Mookie Betts was in the World Series last year. He, he was uh, a good teammate in Boston. Uh, he does everything except his, hit as many home runs as Trout. You know, the difference in me and Trout are home runs. You know, I scored runs. I played defense. Uh, but I won game, and I had, I had a good supporting cast. Matter of fact, I was part of the supporting cast when Bench was playing, when Morgan was playing, when Perez was playing. So you've got to have good teammates, which Mike Trout does, and he's got a good manager in Joe Madden. He won the World Series a couple of years ago with Chicago. Yeah. But they just, they just, it seems like the, the Anaheim Angels don't know how to spend money. Okay, when's the time they signed a really, really good pitcher? for a long-term contract. I can't remember any. You you can't win, JT, if you don't have pitching and if you don't have defense. You've got to have pitching and defense to win games because every team in baseball, you know this, they score every night because of the home run. And I know a lot of these new ballparks are all band boxes. 
I mean, it's a joke to play in Cincinnati. It's a joke to play in Houston. It's a joke to play in Philadelphia. Atlanta's new ballpark's a joke. Right center field at Yankee Stadium is a joke. There are so many small ballparks and bigger athletes. Do you agree with that? I agree 100% with it, and that's a trend that's not going to change because they want more entertainment in the ballpark. They want to move the game quicker. And, again, you know I do a lot of radio, and we talk a few times a year, and I can't believe that Major League Baseball is in such a rush, Pete, to get everybody out of the ballpark. I get you don't want a four-hour Yankee Red Sox game for TV. I get that. But now coming off COVID and a pandemic and trying to get butts in the seats again, everybody's trying to move it. Everybody's looking at their watch. You and I have talked. You've been watching games, and when you go to games, you look at people looking at their phone. They had to put nets up, nets up down the foul line because they're worried about people not watching the game. And you talk to a lot of fans, Pete. What do they say to you about the modern era of baseball compared Compared to the well, era you played in, it seems like the biggest uh, uh, controversy for fans in baseball is baseball don't know how they don't know how to make the game faster. I mean, you, you can't have a fast game, Jay, if every pitch, every player steps out of the box to readjust his batting gloves. Okay, get some batting gloves that you don't have to adjust every pitch. I mean. But, but fans are fickled in this way, okay? When you pan in the audience like you just talked about, fans are doing one of two things I see, and I watch two games every day. They're either on their phone or they're eating, okay? And, and, and fans will complain about the price of tickets. Uh, well, it, it costs too much to go to a baseball game. Well, baseball is the best bargain in sports because they play 81 home games, okay? Basketball plays 41. Hockey plays 41 home games. But it it costs you a lot to go to the game if you're going to drink three beers and eat four hot dogs. The people who make make out are the concessionaires. Now, I don't know how they can do it, JT, but I'll tell you how to speed up the games. Because every umpire has his own strike zone. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm like you. I watch games every night. And I got more at-bats and more hits than anybody in the history of baseball. I cannot figure out the strike zone anymore in baseball. Everybody's got their own strike zone. You know, all these players come up and they got the, the uniform pants down around their ankles. Okay? How you how you make the game faster is just tell umpires to call more strikes. Sure, you'll have more arguments. But once, you know, when I used to play JT, and right before the game, the four umpires walk out from underneath the stadium, and there's one guy that's got a mask in his hand. Now, that's the guy that's going to be behind plate. Now, I know him. Okay? Is he a high ball umpire? Is he a low ball umpire? Is he a pitcher's umpire? Is he a hitter's umpire? Is he a good umpire? Is he a bad umpire? And all I want him to do is do what he does on a consistent night. Just like the night before I broke the record, Lee Wire, okay, umpire that passed away. He was at first base. And he looked at me and said, Petey, he said, you'll break that record tomorrow night. I said, how do you know, Lee? He said, because you'll be swinging because I'm behind home plate. And he was a pitcher's umpire. Wow. He's absolutely right. If Dutch Renner was back there, his strike zone's about 12 inches. Okay, so you can be more patient. But if you know an umpire's going to call a lot of strikes, you're not going to screw around. You're going to you're going to try to get a pitch to hit and get out of there. And the only way you're going to speed up the game is umpires calling more strikes because there's too many players up there that just take too many pitches, and that uh, and, and there's so many pitching changes today because no one goes eight or nine innings. 
every time you have a pitching change, to, uh, uh, JT, you, you have time added on to the time of the game. Like, hell, we had, we had a couple games last year in September where 12 pitchers were used on, on both teams. How can you have a two-hour game? You can't. Baseball's got to figure out a way to speed up the game because people got other things they want to do with their life. You know, but, but there again, fans are fickle in this respect. If you're a Red Sox fan, you go to the game tonight, okay, and, and they lose one to nothing, you're pissed off on the way home. You come back tomorrow night, and the game took two hours that night. You're mad on the way home. You come back the next night, and the Red Sox win 15-2, to two, and the game took four hours. You're happy on the way home. Right. Fans are hard to please. Pete Rose joins us on his birthday. What a tremendous honor. We'll get to some more with Pete here. Pete, I wanted to ask you, because since 2000, a lot of your peers, your friends, legendary Hall of Famers have passed away. And I'm going to go down a list of a few of them. And I'd yeah. like your comments, not only on your friendship, but the impact that they had as baseball yeah. players and what it was like to compete against. I have to start with the king, Henry Aaron. Well, I remember my first All-Star game, uh, JT. It was in Minneapolis in 65. And I'm just a kid, my first All-Star game. And I get to the ballpark for the workout on Monday. The game's on Tuesday. And the clubhouse guys got me locker in between Mays and Aaron. And I, I just slapped myself. So what the hell am I doing here? You know, Willie Mays and Hank Aaron. And I'll never forget Henry and Willie because they both treated me like I was part of the team. They didn't treat me like I was a young kid first time being in an all-star game. And Henry always was very friendly to me. But they all had the same trait, uh, JT. You know, Henry, uh, Willie, uh, uh, Roberto, usual. They always want to talk about hitting the young players. They always try to make the game better. And there was no, no one better than uh, Hammer and Hank. And in those days, you could, you know, during batting practice, you know, parenthesization rules, so you could stand out behind the cage and watch the opposition hit and talk to the opposition as taking, taking batting practice. You know, and a lot of times, I mean, my 17 All-Star games, Hank was probably there most of the years, and Willie was probably there most of the years I was at the All-Star game. And we won 16 out of 17 All-Star games. 16 out of 17 All-Star games, Pete Rose won. That's part one of our interview that's on MLB Network today, getting packaged really nice and going viral. If you missed it yesterday, I wanted, wanted you to have a chance to listen to it. The other thing that I didn't catch the first time around when I went back and heard it is Pete Rose is claiming he's better than Mike Trout, and he is. He really – he didn't take a shot at Mike Trout, but he didn't say Mike Trout was the best player in baseball. He said Mookie Betts and Mike Trout. And he went out of his way to explain – while he, why he was a better winner than Mike Trout, which you can't argue with Pete. He nailed it. But I disagree a little bit now that I hear it again because Mike Trout did not play with Joe Morgan, Dave Concepcion, George Foster. He didn't have the team that Pete Rose had. Pete Rose had Johnny Bench. Mike Trout doesn't have Johnny Bench. But Mike Trout is one of the all-time greats, and he's not the winner that Pete Rose was with three world championships. I really wonder how it's going to play out with Mike Trout. It got me thinking there. Pete Rose talks about his friends who passed away, some of the greatest baseball players of all time, and it just happened over the last 12 months. And then he's involved with a gambling company, and that's what went most viral with this. 
with his new relationship on putting his name and likeness with a gaming company out of Mexico. How do you feel about that? As we continue on Raider Nation Radio. here in Cincinnati and a worldwide television audience watching these moments tonight here at Riverfront Stadium. 2-1 pitch from Schaub in the left center. There it is. Rose has eclipsed Cobb. That's number 4,192. Pete Rose passed Ty Cobb and then he set the record at 42-56. Good way to sign if you get an autograph from Pete Rose that says 4256. He joined us yesterday exclusively on his 80th birthday, and he did it on Raider Nation Radio. Very proud of that. One of the biggest interviews I've ever done. He could have did it live on my Mad Dog show at night, could have taped it ahead of time. We positioned it for a podcast, but he said no. He wanted to come live on the radio and do it on Raider Nation Radio. How cool is that? And Pete Rose lives in Vegas. More of our conversation on everything that's going on with his life. I love what he said about the American League and the National League. I'm a rivalry guy. Who cared more about rivalries than this guy, Pete Rose? We didn't have a lot of guys changing leagues. Now, if you were to ask, of course, the K-Line passed away, you Skrimsky, guys like that, who were the best league? They'd tell you the American League. If you ask Henry or you ask Willie or you ask Clemente, which you can't, obviously, uh, they would tell you the National League. So when we played an all-star game, uh, we had no interleague play. So we were playing for league pride. And that gets you over the hump sometimes because you're trying to beat uh, the American League as a national leaguer to show the world that you had a better league. And that's totally changed because so many guys change, change leagues now. And, you know, each league plays each other with interleague play. The only interleague play I had when I played uh, was spring training baseball. So, you know, when I had an all-star game, I wanted to beat, beat the hell out of the, the American League. And I remember we had a, a league president named Warren Giles, who was Bill Giles' uh, dad. And he, his, his, his office was in Cincinnati, Ohio. And he used to come in before the game to give us a pep talk. And, JT, I'm telling you, you could see the veins in his nays, in neck pop out because he believed the all-star game was his opportunity to show the world that the National League was superior to the American League. And he said, if you guys don't bust your ass today, you won't make this team next year. And in those days, you wanted to make the All-Star game because it gave you something to, to negotiate with the, the following year. So it was, it was a pride thing to make the All-Star team in the 60s and 70s. Pete Rose joins us. Tell us about your friendship and what it was like to step in the box against Bob Gibson and Tom Seaver. Let's start with Bob. Well, Bob Gibson, uh, I can safely say that probably was the most competitive pitcher I ever faced. But all the all the great ones are Seaver, Carlton, Colfax, Drysdale, Marichelle, Perry. I mean, all the Hall of Fame pitchers are competitive. And uh, I remember the first first week I'm in the league. I'm in St. Louis. I'm a rookie. I'm playing second base, and Gibson hit a double. And I went over and I said, would you hit Gibby? And he didn't answer me. So I said, maybe I'm not talking loud enough. I said, would you hit Gibby? 
He didn't talk to me. So the inning's over. My manager is Fred Hutchison. I go in there and say, Hutch, let me ask you a question. He said, yeah, Rook. I said, is Bob Gibson a deaf mute? He said, why? I said, because I asked him two times what he hit, and he didn't answer me. He said, oh, no, he don't talk to the opposition. Now it's the next day, and I'm at the cage watching Dick Roth and, and, and some usual and the rest of them take batting practice, and Gibson walks out of the, the, the dugout, walks by the batting cage, and he, he walked by him. He said, it was, a, it was a slider, Rook. It took him 24 hours, Jay, but he talked to me after 24 hours. Now when I used to do appearances with him before he passed away, he would never stop talking. He would never stop talking to you. He was a great guy, but he didn't want, he did not want to be your friend if you're opposition. Seaver was the same way. And I played with Seaver in Cincinnati. Had his only no hitter in 77. But Carlton was a great, great competitor. He was a great teammate too. But all the great pitchers, the Marichels, the Gofaxes, the Drysdales, the Fergies, they, they're all, they all have the same traits. They're very competitive. You don't go to the Hall of Fame if you're not competitive, okay? And, and I was lucky enough to face, face 19 Hall of Famers. Listen to this stat. This is unbelievable. I've, I've batted 480 times off of Hall of Fame pitchers, and I hit the same as I did against everybody else, 303. Wow. That's an amazing stat. That is the all-time hit king, Pete Rose. As we wrap it up, before we get to you pick trade and Pete, one of the one of the biggest one of the biggest perks, one of the biggest perks I've had working with the Raiders is who I see on the sidelines, and I got to know yeah. Joe Morgan well through you and seeing him a lot in Oakland. And I always yeah. talked about it, and I mentioned with you the the race relations that I learned from Joe and how Joe brought people together when Joe passed. I was able to text you, but I didn't talk to you about it. What was the loss like of Joe Morgan to you and your family? Well, he's one of my best friends. Of course, I played with Joe many, many years. And I must tell you uh, that Joe Morgan was uh, the most intelligent player I ever played with. Joe was amazing, uh, JT, because when he used to get up first and and the opposition knew, everybody in the seats knew, we knew he was going to steal a base and he'd still steal it. I mean, he was amazing. He didn't steal bases just to steal bases. He stole bases to win games. And, uh, you know, thank God we got him over from Houston uh, because he was on the stage, which he should have been on the stage. He won back-to-back MVPs. But he was a great guy off the field. He lockered, he lockered right next to me, and we become really good friends. Uh, he was the guy that uh, I went out with on the road mostly. I didn't go out with Perez because he didn't speak English. <laughs> I didn't go out with Johnny because he was single and he's always had a girl with him. So I had to settle for Joe Morgan. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Pete Rose. Joe was so much fun to play with. I mean, because he, 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 I've never seen Joe make a mental mistake, a mental mistake. Sure, he made errors, but he didn't throw the wrong base. He didn't do things like that. I mean, he, he was fundamentally sound, okay? And I remember when he first got to Cincinnati, this is funny, JT. I looked at him, I said, Joe, let me ask you a question. I said, do you like to hit when the pitcher's in the stretch? He said, hell yeah, everybody does. I said, we see that office over there, Sparky's office. I said, you go in there and tell him you want to hit after me. You're always on base. Because the pitcher's going to be in the stretch most of the time. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Hashtag 4256. The, the, yeah. the next day, hey, JT, the next day he was in the second lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting behind Pete Rose was a great thing. All right, Pete, let's get to you pick trade. You oh, decided yeah. to partner up with a company. You're going to be giving advice on betting on baseball and other sports. Big decision for you and your brand. Tell me how the deal came about. Oh, no, we just asked some friends in Mexico, and, and, and uh, they wanted me to try to pick games for them, which is fine. You're better off picking games and betting on them. And hopefully I can give some guidance to people who want to bet every day. That's, that's, the, that's the, what we're trying to accomplish here. Now, I'll pick my games and see how good I do. And if you want to follow me, you know, you, you just sign up and, and have fun. But I watch, all, I watch all sports. I mean, I'm a great Golden Knight fan. I mean, yeah. the, the hockey team in Vegas is unbelievable. I mean, uh, were they 28-11 again this year? That they're going to the Stanley Cup Finals the first year? I don't know if you've been to many uh, Golden Knight games. I have. It, it's a happening. Oh, it's, it's not amazing. a game. It's happening. It's the best sporting event you can go to. And I've been to all of them. It's better than an NBA game. It's better than an NFL game. And it's better than an MLB game. I mean, they put on a show, and you know, and I know, because you live there, Vegas knows how to put on a show. And the Golden Knights do a great job selling their game and selling their players and selling the sport. So, Pete, you're going to be picking also other sports. So, from horse racing to hockey to all these other sports. So, again... Let's tell the listeners how to get involved here. Youpicktrade.com. Obviously, there's sign-up deals for autographed yeah. baseballs if they follow your pick. This is an well, elaborate not, move here, and a lot of people yeah. want to get involved. Well, I'm not going to pick 20 games a day. Uh-huh. You know, I might pick one or two baseball games. I might pick one basketball game. You know, you just uh, – but there again, when you follow the sport, you've got to know who's hot, who's not. Uh, where they're playing, who's pitching, all the things that go into betting on a on, on, on a game. Is a quarterback out? Is a backup quarterback in? Is your top defensive player not playing? Is your top scorer not playing in the NBA? And if you follow sports, which I do, it's all I have to do now because I'm not working in Vegas right now because we're shut down as far as mm-hmm. signing autographs and stuff like that. So uh, my TV is always on, uh, you know, a sports channel. I get all the all the different games on TV and. Uh, I most I mostly watch baseball because mm-hmm. I get a lot of calls from players who want me to watch them and see what they're doing right, what they're doing mm-hmm. wrong, and I take and I take that uh, very uh, very serious. If I can help a player become a better player, I'm going to jump on it. Uh, and if I can help a gambler win money just by uh, believing in what I picked, then so be it. That's what we're going to do. Uh, it's 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 not against the law. It's nothing bad. It's mm-hmm. just. Uh, who knows more about baseball than I do? Okay? Nobody. And I'm going to give you my picks in the world of baseball. I'm not always right, but I'm not always wrong. And hopefully well, – uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I got to ask you this question because, you know, after this interview, your critics and the press release and the press conference are going to ask you because, you know, I'm one of the forefront leaders with the Hall of Fame. We have this conversation once a year. The majority yeah. of people that I talk to want you in the Hall of Fame now. They wanted you in 10, 20 years ago. You handle that conversation the way you want to handle it, but if your critics say this is going to get you involved with gambling publicly by picking games, what do you say to them? Well, listen, who is who is in the gambling world more than baseball? Huh? Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Okay, so uh, I'm not gambling. I'm picking games. 
It's just like if you call me up and say, who you like tonight? I'll say who I like. That don't mean it's going to win or not. I'm not betting on it. I'm just putting, I'm putting my knowledge to people who want to bet on it. And, and listen, Jay, don't worry about the Hall of Fame. I, I give up on that. I've been suspended 31 years, okay? I've been suspended 31 years. I don't know if you knew this, but not last year, not 2020, but 2019. Did you know that every day there's 30 managers in baseball? Fans are get a kick out of this. There's 30 managers in baseball, and they got to send their lineup, email it to baseball 15 minutes before the game. Mm-hmm. Okay? Every night the manager's got to email his lineup. You know what baseball does with it? They email it to MGM Grand. Just so there's not a mistake on who's pitching or who's not pitching, and a casino can get hurt. Now, if that's not being involved with baseball, I mean, I don't know what is. And but Pete, the reason, yeah, and the reason I ask you this question is, I think the hypocrisy in all the sports, especially with sports gambling, and you, you know, I've lived in Vegas a long time. There yeah. are thousands of people that pick games like you're picking now and the hypocrisy of people saying well you can pick or you have twitter or you can do it on a site you can sell picks you can do this or that the hypocrisy has never been higher if the all-time hit king my favorite player of all time who knows more about baseball than anyone wants to give out advice on who's going to win a baseball game i 100 percent support what you're talking about plus you make money you have multiple jobs you feed your family and, again, I'm happy what you said about the Hall of Fame because you've been waiting too long, and a lot of my listeners, that's all they want to talk about is Pete and the Hall, Pete and the Hall. And I don't oh, think boy. anything should be holding you back to make it's, money and live out, live out your life. Listen, I lived the last 25 years in spite of baseball, not okay, and anything that I might do connected to baseball. Listen to this, Jay. I mean, I think this is kind of funny. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. The Cincinnati Reds play great American ballparks on Pete Rose way. Okay. Now I've been suspended since 1989 and we got that new ballpark. Now I don't know how many years it's been for great American ballpark. I have never been allowed to go in the clubhouse or in the batting cage. Now you think that I can't go in that batting cage and help some of the young Cincinnati red players become better players. Is, is, is that an amazing situation? And why is that? Why won't that change? Why won't people because, come together and make this right? For baseball. It's just like when I got suspended from baseball, uh, Cooperstown changed the rule. They changed the rule that a, that a suspended player can't, cannot be on the ballot. I've never been allowed to be on the ballot. But there again, Jay, I'm over that. Okay, I don't. When I go to bed tonight, buddy, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pray that I get up. That, that I that I go to the Hall of Fame. I'm gonna pray that I get up tomorrow. Yeah. And I, I think I probably go to the Hall of Fame uh, once I once they lay me to rest. And let me tell you something. What the Hall of Fame is? Uh, great. All the guys in the Hall of Fame are great. But the Hall of Fame is more for your fans and your family. Okay. So if I'm gone, they can still enjoy it if it ever happens. And I, I, here, here's my philosophy, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know your stance on this. You can't have a Hall of Fame if Barry Bonds is not in it. You cannot have a Hall of Fame that Roger Clemens is not in it. That guy won seven Cy Youngs. Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer of Pittsburgh before he went to San Francisco. 
I mean, you know, it seems like they put so many guys in the Hall of Fame that don't belong in the Hall of Fame. you agree with that or disagree with it? I agree with it 100%. It's a Hall of Fame. But also, as you know, we've talked about this privately. You know, I like to keep the steroid guys out. And if they're going to wait, they're going to have to wait longer than you. I've said this world, Pete, is about forgiveness. We forgive politicians. We forgive husbands and wives. We forgive everybody. And I've always thought with you, and I've told you this as a friend, that the level now of forgiveness for Pete Rose, who came clean on all of this, has yeah. been too long. We know the mistake. You've atoned for it. And now the fans want to see you in Cooperstown. Well, the thing about it, Jay, is, is are you going to tell me that Clemens and, and Bonds are the only two guys that ever took steroids? You're going no, to tell me there's nobody in the Hall of Fame that's linked to steroids? You know there is. Mm-hmm. Why they single those two out? I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you why. No, no, no. Let me, let me, day, let me finish this. Let me finish this, please. Here's Go why. Ahead. Because... There was no way Bonds could have got past your good friend, his godfather, Willie Mays. Wouldn't have got close. I don't think yeah. Clemens on the back end of his career in Toronto would have been that dominant. I, don't, I didn't like the fact that certain great players who were going to be Hall of Famers extended their money, their brand, and got to Babe Ruth and Henry Aaron by using performance-enhancing drugs. Pete, I'm a purist. I don't believe in that. I listen to what you're saying. But what about when Roger Clemens till this day says he didn't take them? Yeah, I fair. Mean, who, who am I to doubt Roger Clemens? Uh, the, because his teammates said he saw him saw him take it, pet it. Was that Pettit who said that? That's a great teammate to have, isn't it? And I don't think Bonds took steroids. I, I could be wrong about this, but I don't think he started taking steroids until Sosa and McGuire had that home run derby that one year. Mm-hmm. And Bonds said, well, I'll show you guys. But it, 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 that worked it. As easy as it did for those two, why wouldn't there be more guys to, that take steroids? Yeah, why I wasn't. I was. Yeah, I wasn't planning on having this conversation with you to the end because, again, okay. this is your birth. This is your birthday. We're we're talking about you pick trade, but I wanted to end on this. That this is really important. What you said really hit me. We've been friends a long time. I don't yeah. want to wait for Cooperstown when you're dead. You, you gave me one of the biggest breaks of my life. I want to be there with you with my dad, who's 83, and my nephews. When, when, when Rob Manford and baseball gets it right and they understand that the game isn't growing, the game isn't changing properly, and Pete Rose could be the huge ambassador to get the Hall of Fame going after Jeter and Mariano Rivera, and we can have one of the biggest celebrations, Pete, in the history of baseball. JT, you, 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 I think you'll understand this. But, uh, you know, I'm sitting in Los Angeles right now. I'm 80 years old. I believe, and I could be wrong, I believe I'm the best ambassador baseball has, and I'm not even allowed to be in the game. Because my job is in Vegas when we, when, before the pandemic. 18 days a month, five hours a day signing autographs for, for fans. Not at a casino, at the mall, okay, at different stores. And all I do is talk positive about the game of baseball. Who else is out there doing that? And, and to be honest with you, I think you'll agree with this. Baseball runs the game like they don't know what they're doing. I hate to yep. say that, but uh, the different things that baseball try to make their game better, it don't work. It don't work. Do you agree with that or disagree with it? I agree. I think I'm a diehard baseball fan. I grew up, you were my hero, along with Thurman Munson and a lot of players, and I can't believe where the game is today because I'm a fan and I want to get it right. And I'll wrap it up with this. I think a big part of getting the game right forever is getting it right with you. 
and you've taken the high road, and you are an ambassador. I see the way that you talk to fans one-on-one, how you hold up babies, you talk to people who saw you play in your prime, and all you want is the best for uh, people, Pete, and more people need to hear your story because the detractors, there aren't many. The ones I talk to are all massive fans, and they want you involved in baseball more. Well, I, I used to have guys, JT, that uh, would, would actually say, that, oh, Pete Rose can't hit. He can't do this. He can't do that. Well, I end up doing it all. Okay, and that—that's just the way some people just don't like the way you walk. They don't. So everybody don't like you on the JT the Brick Show. Okay, yeah. but you got so many people that do, and you don't worry about people who don't like you because they don't have a reason why they don't like you. What's the reason they don't like me? The way I wear my hair, uh, the way I—the attitude I have, which is a positive attitude. But I'm. I'm the most positive person about the game of baseball, but it's it's starting to irk me because there's just too many changes. They're taking the fun out of watching the game for me as a fan. You understand what I'm saying? It's it, it's not baseball like it was in the '60s, '70s, the '80s. I mean, it's a different it's a different game now. It's all about long ball, launch angle, analytics. All, all that stuff that th- they didn't have in 1869 or 1969. It's all this. these guys in New York with these suits on, they think they make the game more interesting, and it's not working. I love you. Happy birthday. Thanks so much for doing this. Youpicktrade.com. I look forward to more conversations with you. Have a great birthday dinner tonight, Pete. But I'm going to call you to get your picks for you pick. <laughs> I'll give you a few. Uh, I, I got to pick against the Yankees the way they're playing. Thanks for doing this, yeah. Pete. Happy birthday. Have, have, thank you, buddy. Have a good day. See, last night I would have picked the Yankees to lose. I would have been right. I could be one of these Vegas prognosticators. Hope you enjoyed that. That was worth hearing again. It was a big deal for us on Raider Nation Radio. A lot of downloads. Put that in my podcast this week at JT and Looney, and we have it up on the site. And please share it with some baseball fans. You don't know how many conversations you're going to have like that in your career so that was a special part of this week along with Stephen A. Smith who joined us earlier in the week good week here and it's all draft from here on out Raiders make two cuts we'll tell you that next big Raider news coming up stay here I can't put it in words. Um, he just like, he's just like um, the grandfather that you always want, who will give you whatever you want, but asks a lot from you. Um, he asks a lot from us. He he know what he's talking about. He he done coached a lot of Hall of Fame guys, a lot of guys that's soon to be in the Hall of Fame, and his track record speaks for itself. That's Arden Key when he talked about Rod Marinelli. He was just waved along with Maurice Hurst. Maurice Hurst just put out a nice tweet. Thanking the Raider Nation, Arden Key gone, uh, both released. Now, how do you look at this? Uh, for me, simply, Mo Hurst out of Michigan was brought in to be big, a big-time player. I thought he was a good player. He was a good player. In this league, he was an average player. He wasn't elite. And they thought that he had a bigger ceiling and upside, and he didn't. He didn't. He was a very good player in bursts. And they have a slew of defensive tackles they brought in. They brought in a whole bunch of defensive tackles. So Mohurst Mo could have been here, potentially might not have made the team with the depth that they have there. So I wish him nothing but the best. 
interviewed him a bunch of times. Good guy. And Arden Key, Arden Key was a player that was supposed to flash, come in and be a better player than he lived up to the hype. He just didn't do it. The ability to hold weight, to get stronger, and to play at this level. These are two players that were brought in recently under this regime who have been waived. And they were waived because of the lack of production. Lack of production. But they were good players. Arden Key, I expected more out of. I really thought. You know, if you look at the players who have been around here in the past, coming off the edge and what they can do, specialty type players. Look, you got Yannick Ngakwe, Max Crosby, Cleland Farrell can play on the outside. He better be able to play on the outside. And the inside, there wasn't room for these players. If there's any position on the Raiders now where they have depth, and not super elite depth, that's why you have depth. Yeah, You have guys on a depth chart because they're not pro bowlers. They're backing up potential pro bowlers. So the Raiders have waived Maurice Hurst and Arden Key. And Kyle Slaughter, the quarterback, was released. So when you look at this, the Raiders are making financial moves. They're making moves ahead of the draft. And wish them well. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Maurice Hurst has a lot of fans here. He's a good player. Really good player. And wish him well. Wish him well. This is a business. Guys come and go every year. It's really difficult. You go buy a jersey. You like the player. Comes out of a big school. And Maurice Hurst was a good player in this league. He just wasn't an elite player. And he'll snatch on with another team. And as he said, his story's untold. And I hope he does really well. Only good things to say about most of these guys, even when they leave and go out, to, out the door. Except Trent Brown. You know where I stand on that. He stole money from this team. Had no passion, never cared a day after he got here after that check about the Raiders. Thanks to Bobby for having a big week. I'm off to Oklahoma. Well, parents weekend in college. I'll be back on Monday. And then every day, it's Raiders draft. Every hour, we go big. We'll mix in some other interviews. But we're counting down to two weeks from tonight with the Raiders draft. And it's got to be a big one with the 17th pick overall. You miss any portion of the show, lvsportsnetwork.com on Twitter and Facebook at JT the Brick. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.